The universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war, there is only dice and pipes. Oh man, before we start recording, Brian's doing his ASMR stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, welcome to Dyson Pipes Warhammer Edition. I forgot to plug our social media, so before I do anything else today, you can follow us on Instagram at Dyson Pipes and Twitter at Dyson Pipes. Facebook, go fuck yourself. I mean, we're on, I guess we're on there. Are we? Fuck it. I created one, but dude, I hate Facebook. Just don't like it. Yeah. So if the fans out there want to make an account, feel free. We'll go on. We'll check it out. But as far as like an active Facebook account, yeah, fuck you. I'm not doing it. Oh, boy. Brian, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm starting this episode like half drunk. <laughs> so this, I'm going to be very slow with my words just to try to prevent rolling. But I have a feeling it's a foregone conclusion. I'll be rolling a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You don't what live you in do? fear. No, nah, fuck fear. This is America. You America. S- you, you see the... the the danger coming and you go headlong right into it. <laughs> you spit death in the eye. Oh, I like that. Valiant. Very valiant. Spit, spit death in the eye. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. How are you today, Brian? Uh, I'm good. You were just talking about uh, the grill that I have out in the front of the house. Got rid of the old grill. Old Bessie. Yes. She, uh, she cost me about $180 American. And it's uh, half propane, half charcoal, and then a smoking box on the side of it. It's a gigantic contraption. It is big. Took me like two hours, I think, to get it up to the from the, the from the deck down to the end of the driveway. Well, it's a lot of decks. You have yeah. a, like a multi level in the right. back. It's like a labyrinth of wood. Yes. Uh, so I made way for my new tiny little Weber, which I broke in last night, made in some burgers. Ooh, very nice some cheeseburgers. Good, good, good. Um, How long did you have that grill? Almost five years. Ah, so that's good. That lasted a long time. Yeah, I bought it at the end of the season, uh, whatever year that was, and then five years after that. All the right, beginning good. of this season, I took the cover off of it, and I heard like the pitter-pattering of metal, and I thought, oh, did I leave like a utensil in here? Like mm. it got lost in the cover, and it fell, and I look, it looked like shavings on the ground. I mean, what? What the fuck is that? So I finished pulling the cover off, and I'm cleaning it, and I'm spray painting the rust spots. And I lift it up uh, on the propane side, and I look down, and I can see the deck through the grill. The oh. deck meaning the base of the, the, the grill? No, there was no base of the grill. Oh, you mean the, the actual deck? Yeah, I could deck. see through the grill because there was no bottom portion anymore. It just fell out. The noise that I heard, I looked underneath the grill, the bottom fell out. So... Hmm. But Good. for 180 bucks, five years. No, you can't go wrong. So now I got bougie. Uh, well, I didn't. My wife got bougie and got me a, a Weber. That is a beautiful grill. So. It's like the Cadillac of grills. Here's what's funny. Uh, the cover for the grill costs almost as much as You're my old grill altogether. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Now I have a choice. Do I get a shitty cover? No, you can't do no, that. I have no, to you need that. one. It has to have like, it, what is it, emblazoned Weber yeah. on the grill cover. Yeah. You got to so. show it off to everybody. In your fucking massive property that nobody's well, going to be able to see it anyway. Right, exactly. Right. The problem is the old cover got like uh, almost like petrified. Okay. And like whole, it was almost like glass. Like if you grabbed it too hard, your fingers would just like poke through it. 
So I think that's what happened. So now I, I don't have it. I have to get a good cover. Yes. Otherwise, I'm going to have the same thing happen. You know? No, and with that grill, you don't want it that. To, you no. don't want that to happen. That's no. a nice grill. I like so. it. I'm a big fan. You know, I don't know why we're not eating burgers right now as we're doing the show. That's a. We you could bring the grill in here. I probably could. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Crack a window. Yeah. Fuck it. And we just grill food as we record. You know the what? Show. Next time we next time we do gameplay recording. Oh. I'll uh, I'll fire that bitch up. We'll do breakfast burgers. Oh, this is this is too good. By the way, for everybody out there, we do record in the morning. So when you hear us drunk, it's like eight in the morning for us. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. That goes back to my whole argument against it's five o'clock someplace. Right. Like, go fuck yourself. I want to drink at eight. It's eight. I'm drinking. And speaking of drinking, Brian, what's in your glass? Uh, Michael has continued to provide me uh, Woodford Reserve, and I'm still working on this uh, this tremendous tin of uh, plum pudding. It is a big tin. Is that 100 grams? This is, I believe so, or 70. Uh, It is two ounces. That's a two-ounce tin? This is a two-ounce tin. That's a big tin. Yeah. Because usually, like, the like two ounces is about 50 grams. They're, like, the small ones, but that's... that's What I'm confused about is this... uh, This can't be a flake, right? This has got to be cake, or is it flake? It's a flake cake. Flake cake. I think you can use that. Waka flaka. <laughs> you, you can use that fucking thing to build a foundation to a house. It smells so good. Can I smell it? You uh, sure uh, can. Plum pudding is delicious. Yeah, it does smell good. That fruity, peppery. I am a fan. Yeah, you and me both. And you know what I love most about this tin? Is the picture of this old fucking guy who's like balding and has just this cool mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a... Uh, he could be on like King of the Hill. Yeah, and, and he's wearing a white t-shirt. He does look like Bill Dotrieve. Who the fuck is Bill Dotrieve? Bill from King of the Hill. Oh, that's his last name? Bill yeah. Dotrieve. Okay. Bill De La Four Dotrieve. Stop it, really? I'm a, I'm a super fan of Yeah, you King really are. That, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I've watched it here and there. Um, didn't know the guy's last name. That's pretty good. I got myself a wedgie too. So you've got some plum pudding. It's in your your Nording. Yep, my Nording estate. Very good. What a great sound. What uh, what are you rocking over there? Hold on, my thumb is broken. I can't get this fucking thing open. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Uh, you provided me with some McBaron Navy Flake uh, about a month or two ago, which is incredible, and I'm smoking that out of uh, my Seven Ellie Mega. The mega. I am. Uh, now this is anybody, interesting because you normally only break the mega out during gameplay. Yeah, but you know what? I'm really in the mood for the navy flake, and it's burly, and I use this for my burly. And I, I agree. Yeah, this this is definitely. I'm spilling fucking tobacco on me. Um, yeah, this is a gameplay pipe, in my opinion. It just, dude, it smokes forever. This thing smokes forever. It's got a massive bowl. Um. But whatever, we're on to good things today. This is going to be a fun toast, so oh, I'm taking this one out. And for those of you, I'm sure people listening already, like we're, we're a few weeks in now, uh, you know, people are going to see that most of my pipes are, are seven Ellie's. I'm like a big seven Ellie fanboy. You seem to have more of a, a different grouping of pipes and all my pipes. The only duplicate I have is Nording. I yeah. have two Nordings and everything else is just this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. I think Peterson is my next one. I want to get that Peterson vampire. Or Dracul. Dracul. There we go. Get that Navy Flake going. I think I'm out of lighter fluid. 
No. Yeah, look at this fucking thing. It's like a little little baby flame. Well, got like in the meantime, yes. Use mine. Yes, please. I got it. Good throw. Good throw. Bear with me. Yeah, and, see? Uh, look, yours is just bigger than mine. It is. That's what we established here. Which is odd because I'm Irish. There we go. Now, now we're cooking with gas. There's a cool pipe. I should have probably lit this before the show. That's all right. Live and learn. Through the power of editing. What a toss. Don't forget to tamp that ash. Oh, I'm going to tamp that fucking ass. Tamp. Nope. Ash. Yeah. Not that ass. Right. You don't tamp the ass? No. No. Oh, you're still limp over there? I'm still limp. I'm going to end up cutting this thing. It's just in the out. What is it? I don't understand. What is it? Part this, of the fucking this boom arm? Boom, yeah, the boom arm came with its own um, XLR cable. And you can only imagine it's probably not the finest quality cable. So, like, where does it go? It looks like it goes into the it metal. Runs, yeah, it runs into the, the metal, and it comes out on the other end, down here. It's fucking magic. Yeah, I would get rid of that son of a bitch. I think we're just gonna get a new boom arm. Like this one's starting to rust and it's a little little mm. loosey goosey on the table. All right. But enough about that. Enough about that. The most important thing to talk about today. The most important. What it's, it's what Ben's going to do. No, fuck no. Bannon. No, okay. no, no. This this far exceeds the importance of Bannon's quests. I have to make a toast. Oh, pardon me. I have to. Okay. It's just necessary. This is a toast. We're, we're both holding our glasses very high. Brian, much higher than mine because my arms aren't as long as Brian's. Hurry up. Um, the glass is heavy. It is very heavy. Well, you have a lot of whiskey in that glass, <laughs> which needs to be drank. Um, my toast today is to individual condiment packets. Why? Like, what is the fucking need? Now, I am not a big fast food guy, but I do remember the days of going into like a fast food restaurant or... Even maybe taking like uh you know food you, you you take it out with you you go to let's say the the drive through and mm-hmm. you get yourself a little fucking stupid ketchup packet. I'm sorry, a what ketchup? Ketchup? What do you say? Catsup? Ketchup? That's why I said ketchup. No, you said ketchup. Ketchup? Oh uh, no. Okay, go ahead. Wait, how do you say it? Ketchup. That's what I just fucking said. Ketchup. Nah, you said ketchup. 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 <laughs> what are you getting? The douche chills over there? <laughs> it's I believe it's spelled K-E-P. No, it's not K-E-P. It's K-E-T-C-H-U-P. Yeah, that's what I said. So you should drink on spelling. Uh that's not a no, rule. No, you should roll K-E-P Kep Chup. Because <laughs> if we if we enunciate how you spell it. Kep 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 chup. So when you go to McDonald's and you go through the drive-thru, hold on, yeah, oh, hold on. you get your ketchup packet. Fours. No, I'm kidding. Threes. While you're fucking me on this, can you explain what I'm doing? Oh, I'm sorry. So <laughs> we're rolling to drink here. So uh, on, the, on the Warhammer side of things, uh, we have a, uh, a DN of four. We've got four dice, one being a wrath. So Brian needs to hit four total icons. Four. Three, you fuck, son of a bitch. Fuck, I thought I'd get him. I thought I'd get him. He needs three. Uh oh. <laughs> three. One icon. So while he's drinking, let me go on about my caps up packets. 
me personally, I have a problem when, first of all, put the fucking, if, if I'm going to go through the drive-thru and I order a hamburger, just ask me, do you want ketchup, ketchup, or mustard on it? And I would say yes, and then you would put it on. Why would you give me individual? What about your fries? What about my fries? Give me like a little container like they do when you go to like an Italian place and you get like mozzarella sticks. And they give you like the the marinara sauce and a little and a little cute little plastic compartment. That Isn't, is that open. not an individual con- condiment packet? An individual what? Fuck you! Wow. No, I have a problem with the ones that you have to fucking cut open. Those little bags. They come with a perforated top. So you yeah, but they don't. It. It's a fucking lie. You ever try to take your greasy fingers after holding a burger? Oh, you. What happened? So I got. Four icons. Oh, the day is saved. I thought I was going to be able to shift one. That's that's what I thought. No, you, the look not on today. your face. Not today. I had, to do, I had to do the math. I have a problem with after you pick up your hamburger. Let's say you have one of these packets and you've already your, squeezed your it out. Hamburger, your cheeseburger. No, I don't eat cheese. Hamburger. Okay. See, fucking I'm not going to fucking take condiment meat condiment advice from somebody who doesn't eat cheese. Yeah, hamburger. This country was built on cheese. Oh, it was. The Industrial <laughs> Revolution was driven on cheese. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. How do you think Swiss cheese gets its holes from the industrialized machines poking them? You... <laughs> in, in Switzerland. Yes. <laughs> so, I have a problem. You ever try to open up a packet when your hands are greasy? Dude, you can't. It's fucking impossible. I start by opening the packet. That's step one. Yeah, of but the, what happens if you run out of ketchup? Then you run out. Then you're fucked. You can't. You can't peel. Yeah, but you're open. in your car driving around. You, you, right now, you're trying to be quick about it. You don't want to fucking wreck, right? So you're trying to be quick. Now you got to put this fucking stupid thing in your mouth. You don't know the savage that was inside of the McDonald's. What he was doing it with beforehand. So now you're trying. Just can't peel this thing open. It splits straight down the fucking middle. You can't squeeze the ketchup out. <laughs> it creates a big fucking problem. This is why I think most accidents occur. Oh, really? They don't tell you this. They don't okay. tell you this. When you go to like NHTSA and they do their research of car accidents, they leave out these because uh, they're driven. They're probably, they probably get a lot of money from Heinz. Oh, or Hunts. Or Hunts. Yeah. Uh, your take, please. Yeah, so you don't have a problem with these things. I'm spilling fucking alcohol over me. This is going to be a great drive home. I, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. I actually don't like them. Oh, you don't like them? No, but I don't use them. I just go... You bring your own ketchup in my, your car. My, my french fries are like my scotch. They're neat. No, no, no ketchup. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't see a viable solution. No viable solution. Other than... Why not just put the ketchup in like a, a little container like they do the sauce when you go out to a restaurant and order food from like an Italian place? I see no problem with that. Just like when you go inside of McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever, like some places have those pumps and you can put right. them in the little, yeah. like, the little I'm fine cup. with that. Yeah. Give me that with a lid. And then I can dip my fries in that as I go. What's the problem with that? When's the last time you went to a fast Dude, food I haven't place? been to a fat food place in probably 20 years. <laughs> okay, so. But it's because I don't want to deal with individual condiments. That's why. That's, That's my, my main turnoff. It has nothing to do with the fact right, that so a hamburger go to has 9,000 calories. Taco Bell doesn't have it. Oh, they have the hot sauce. See? Well, yeah, but the hot sauce makes sense because you just pop it open and you squeeze it on top of your taco. 
but what if you want more afterwards? Now you've already touched the greasy taco and your hands are fucking slimy and shit like that, and you're in your car. You can't wash your hands. Sure you can. Get little wet ones. Yeah, so you're, you're here's, driving. You're so, trying to be quick. Efficient. Well, you shouldn't be eating while you drive to begin with. Yeah, but people do it. You know they do. When let me ask you this: When you go to a drive-through, if you're by yourself, because I'm sure you've been through a drive-through, I've I've been known to frequent a drive-through from here. Okay, uh, in there. So you've gone through by yourself. Does the server on the other side of the glass go? Oh, excuse me, sir. Uh, you're in here by yourself, so I'm not going to be able to uh, give you any individual condiments for fear of a car accident. No, uh, what I do is I order. I I don't get fries. So that's the, let's get that up. Oh, you're above you're above fries. I'm above fries. I don't got time for fucking French fries. Uh, the only time I'll get fries from McDonald's is when it's like late night, like twelve or one in the morning, because then they're all soggy, and then you can just grab them like a clump and just stuff them in your mouth, and it's almost like eating spaghetti. Wait, you prefer the soggy fries over like the fresh? Like yeah, crispy I, fries? I prefer the fresh, but I've come to realize that you will never get fresh fries. Um. So the second best alternative is the soggy, mushy ball of fries. And you just squeeze them all together, <laughs> drain the grease, out, mouth. <laughs> the ah. grease out into your mouth, and then yeah. just eat them. Right. So I don't have time for condiments. Uh, if I were to use the condiments, then mm-hmm. I would probably set everything up beforehand. So I would, um, I would take everything out of the bag. Okay. My, uh, my entire meal. So, so in, you're in your car. In what? Yep. So in the front by yourself. Cup, in, yep. In the front cup holder would go the soda pop. In the back cup holder, the the second one would go the French fries. Okay. The burger momentarily would go on top of the uh, the dashboard. Then the seat would be utilized. I would flatten the bag out and put the bag on the seat, and then squirt all my accoutrements. Onto, the, onto bag. the bag. So you wouldn't directly take the ketchup and put it on the fries? No. That's fucking crazy. Okay. That, I'm 100% in agreement with you, especially while driving. I, I can't do that either. Yeah. Unless it's Nathan fries and, like, you got in that little tub. You and got the little fork. You got the little fork. Yeah. If my if my fingers grasp a French fry covered in uh, ketchup, if I get ketchup on my fingers, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I do not like substances on my fingers. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah. I don't like when my fingers get stuff on them. I like my fingers to be But pure. what about like, if the burger's greasy? Because I remember, and again, I haven't gotten a, a McDonald's burger in a while, mm-hmm. but I remember sometimes like the buns can be a little greasy. No, they've, they've pretty much... Uh, so, ooh, FedEx is here. Yes. Did I order anything? Individual ketchup condiment packets. Have you ever noticed that in between the E and the X is an arrow? Yes. I have seen that. And it was only pointed out to me by somebody. It's not like I picked it up myself. I'm not, I'm not that smart. Once you know that, you can never unsee it. I can't unsee it. Yep. Man, this guy's good. He's fucking running. Let's see if he throws the package. Oh, let's see. He's going to throw it into that new door. He placed it down like a gentleman. Good for this guy. Dear FedEx. I commend you. I'm going to do a toast inside of a toast. He's even... To my FedEx driver. He's running back to the truck. This guy is committed. He is. Uh, Yeah, so in the the order of the burger, uh, you take the, the wrapper that the burger was in, 
and you tuck it into the, the collar of your shirt. So it makes like a little... I'm sorry, you're <laughs> taking a fucking a McDonald's bib. You're now making a bib. I would love, I would pay money to be driving on the highway and look over, <laughs> look over at the guy next to me, and he's got a fucking McDonald's wrapper bib hanging out of his chest as he just sinks his teeth into a hamburger. <laughs> well, see, because then what you do, you take the bib, the other end of the bib. Okay. And because it's a little tacky from the, from the grease, you stick it to your steering wheel. And it makes Please like stop a, it. it <laughs> like a cradle? It makes like a trough to catch the grease that falls when you bite into your burger. When you're done, you go underneath and you wrap your hand under it and you go above where it attaches to your neck. Right. And you fold it together real fast and turn it into a ball, catching all the grease into the... Oh, the bag is covered in ketchup. Yep. You throw it out the window off the bridge. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't do any of that stuff. Um, if I do drive through, it's usually breakfast. Okay. Um, I don't really fuck with the with the McDonald's or the the Burger King uh, during football season. Uh, when I bring my son to football practice, after practice is, is Burger King time. So once a week, I'll go. But we'll sit in the restaurant and eat like humans. Uh, I'm not a big fan of eating in the car generally. Once in a while, like if I'm uh, if I'm running late for work, right, uh, and I'm by myself, my carpool buddy isn't with me, and I got to eat something. Uh, if that's the case, I'll stop at like Taco Bell because everything is contained inside of the shell, uh, or I will stop and get uh, one of my favorite delicacies: Ooh, what's the this? the cheeseburger from the gas station. You're fucking kidding! Me. <laughs> you you get. Gas station cheeseburger. How is it heated up? What do they have a microwave in there? No, it just sits under uh, uh, a hot. Oh, one of those lamp. fucking hot lamps. Yeah, it could have been there for like days. days. Yeah, you don't even know. No, because most people shy away from cheeseburgers right. or any sort of food, like cooked food. Yeah, in a gas station. The one down Not by you. us, the Sanu's place. Yes, yes. Uh, he has deep fried mushrooms. Really? How are they? Terrible, but I still get them once in a while. Why not? No, you pleasure. support Sanu, because the poor guy doesn't take a fucking day off. Nah, no, one day off a quarter. <laughs> that, that's a hard-working American. Two right jobs. There. Good for him. Hey, he's not American. Oh, that's a hard-working individual. Oh, you looked. I thought there was a uh, a problem. No, 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 no. Oh, we're good. Are we good? We're good. Excellent. So you, you'll go through the drive through at Taco Bell. You'll get yourself some Taco Bell. It's very easy for the entry. Not, yeah. Probably not as good on the exit. No, because I don't go crazy. Um, I used to be really bad with it, and I've, I've gotten a lot better. Uh, if I go through, usually my, my mainstay uh, at Taco Bell is the Crunchwrap Supreme. Ooh. So it's... it's uh, That's fucking big. Dude, you're like... What are you, what are you simulating with your hands? Uh, I was going to do this. Oh, it's, it's okay. Like a, you just like started big. Yeah, oh, it's like okay. a pancake. Yes. Uh it's one giant burrito, like soft shell, with a crunchy taco shell in the middle, and just ground beef, lettuce, tomatoes, and uh, sour cream. Interesting. I don't do sour cream. I'm very particular. Yeah. I've never actually had Taco Bell. Ever. Never in my life. Mm. Do you like tacos? Yeah, yeah. I would eat tacos. I'd eat the shit out of tacos. I just, I've never, I've never gone to Taco Bell. Really, this toast probably should have been about fast food because I've never, I really don't do fast food. That's, 
That's really I so. Think, how often? When's the, the last time you've come into contact with an individual condiment packet? You know the best use for them to put them under toilet seats. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen anybody do that. You take if you ever look at like the base of a toilet seat, uh-huh. it has like those uh, those tabs, right, that make contact with the actual top lid of the toilet, right? So you put you put the seat down and uh-huh. you put you surround the toilet seat Go with on. ketchup. So then that way, when the next person sits down, it <laughs> pops the. It, and it gets ketchup all over them. <laughs> it is a great gag. It makes people laugh, especially those who are sitting on the toilet. They laugh all the time. Oh, I know what I'm doing when I go back to work. Yes, put all the toilet seats down <laughs> and cover them in ketchup packets. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, off the top of my head, I cannot recall the last time that I had an individual I'll, condiment packet. But I can tell you, I haven't had. The last fast food that I've had was Wendy's, and that's probably easily over 10 years ago. Wow. Easily, yeah. I'll uh, I'll compromise with you and say that it does infuriate me when I see the individual condiment packets uh, inside of a restaurant. That is unacceptable. Well, that restaurant should be closed. Right. Like you go to like Flo's Diner in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And you reach for the, the ketchup and it's a, that little uh, porcelain bin filled with ketchup packets. I have a problem with that. Yeah, that would that would irritate me. Yeah. See, now my, my grief or my gripe with condiment packets really only has to do with ketchup. I have a very... What was that? Fucking shots fired. No, I think it was that motorcycle going by. Oh. Maybe it, like, backfired. Um, I think my gripe is solely with ketchup packets. Okay, so not relish. Well, really, May- any Mayonnaise. Of, you, then I should check that. I have an issue with that style with the little packet tooth edge. Where it has the yeah. toothed edge, where when your hands are... Dude, you cannot fucking peel that open. What is, not to go too far off track, too late for that, I guess. What is your favorite condiment and your most hated condiment? We'll go with the big four. Uh, ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, relish. I would say it's a toss-up between ketchup and mustard. More as, ketchup, though. As your favorite. As my favorite. Okay. Um, and then again, it depends on what I'm putting it on. Burgers, I'm a big fan of ketchup. For some reason, chicken, I'd prefer mustard. I'm gonna like like a little Dijon, big fan. Um, most hate it, mayonnaise. I don't fuck with mayonnaise. I don't like it. At all. At all. I don't well, put mayonnaise on anything. What about Miracle Whip? I don't use that shit either. Not a fan. Interesting. <clears throat> How about you? Uh I eat pretty much everything. Uh the only thing that I do not like, and this is this envelops uh all of food. The only thing that I really don't like is um uh, turnip. I'm sorry. Since when did turnips become a condiment? I'm just saying in all of food. Oh, the oh, only oh. thing I really don't like are turnips. So I'll fuck with relish. I'll fuck with uh, sauerkraut. Uh, sauerkraut is fucking delicious on a hot dog. Yeah, that's some good stuff. But turnip, yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't do turnip. That's fucking gross. But uh, you know, asparagus, uh, Brussels Brussels sprouts, yes, uh, onions, mushrooms, all of it. I'm I'm good. Tofu. I don't know if I've ever had it. Oh but really? Tofu, like you you manipulate it to taste like something, right? Yeah, but I it, think there's like different grades of tofu. Mm. Like really soft, which is fucking disgusting. It's like very watery. It's gross. Ugh. Yeah, I leave that to the people that don't eat meat. I don't fuck with that. Yeah, I eat some meat. 
No. Anyway, uh, that's my gripe with uh, individual condiments. Good. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say to that. We say cheers. Cheers. You know who else doesn't like individual condiment Fucking packets? Fucking Bannon. Bannon motherfucking Spain. He hates that shit. He doesn't like Wizard, and if he sees anybody using fucking ketchup out of an individual condiment packet, he's gonna fucking he's gonna rip a hole in the head. Uh, last we left him, he uh, he had just swatted uh, all backfire, and fucking Genevieve Parker. The, She's so hot. The det- <laughs> long hair. She got long hair. The, <laughs> the detective extraordinaire. Do we ever determine what color her hair was? I I don't remember. Whatever, she's hot. Doesn't matter. I think I described it originally, so it's in there. I believe. Mm. If not, I'll I'll drop a cannon for. Ah, uh, very good. Uh, if she lives. Oh, she does. As my wife. <laughs> Ban's a lonely guy. Yeah. Is, is Ban a virgin? You think? No, no, I don't think so. I think prostitution would be very prevalent in times like these. It's a victimless crime. Yeah, he would have. He would have partook. Partaken? Uh, parhad? Parhad. He would have parhad. He would have had par balls deep in some <laughs> prostitution. On a par four. Yeah. All right, let's check in on Bannon and see how he gets himself out of his wacky and wild situations. Yes. Yeah, in the very the side. in the very friendly forty first <laughs> millennium. Ah. The following gameplay is brought to you by Paladin Coffee. Enjoy a delicious cup of amazing coffee and get you through your day. Find them at paladincoffee.com. Warning. The following gameplay includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. You can hear the gunships swaying back and forth. You can hear lots of enforcers yelling at each other in, like, enforcer jargon, certain police codes, right? you know. Uh, and you can hear what sounds like somebody being removed from the house. You can hear a couple of irritated comments. Can't really quite make them out, especially with the gunship. You can just hear... Because they're yelling too. You know, the gunship is very loud. Right. Uh, you hear the truck start up, and I would say probably after about what seems like an hour, but it was really probably only like five, ten minutes, the street slowly clears out. And after another couple minutes, the street goes silent. So the front door is broken down. Yes. Um, these guys are now starting to disperse. Is the gunship still up? The gunship is the last thing to leave. Okay. Yeah, I'm waiting until the, the gunship leaves. I'm. And again, after like 10, 15 minutes, the gunship is, you can hear it getting farther and farther away. Okay. And now, from my vantage point, I see no enforcers anywhere. No. Okay. Carefully, I'm going to start making my way down the uh, the fire escape. Okay. I don't like that face. <laughs> Fuck. I think on like the second floor, I'm going to stop. Okay. I'm just going to take a look around again. I'm going to see if I see any enforcers. I may... I, I think I'm going to try to, like, use my combi tool to get into this building. Okay. It's going to be a tech test of two, and you're going to get one bonus die. Okay. Uh, 
All right, I pass. I've been exalted. All right, so doing some finagling with uh, this this combi tool, you hear a couple of little bizzes and bops and some short circuiting noises, and the door eventually pops open. Okay, so I slowly open up the uh, the door, and Bannon takes a, a peek inside. All right, give me uh, an uh, investigation test. Uh, difficulty one. I pass, but I have a complication. All right. So the room, uh, this this room that you're looking in appears to be empty. It's a larger room uh, with a couple of doors that are all closed. Uh, it does not appear to have any kind of exterior locking mechanism like the one you just dealt with. Right. So if they are locked, it's more like an old school key. But you can't tell that from where you are. But at least this room appears to be empty. Okay. And your complication... Hmm the door automatically starts closing that you just opened. Behind me. Yeah. I'll, I'll even say that it closes all the way. Okay. So now you're locked in this building. Yeah. You will notice that you can reopen the door from the outside, but that now, because if you open it from the inside, there's no lock, but it's alarmed. That's fair. There's also a, uh, a deadbolt screwed to the top of it for some reason. Because that's normal. Yeah, you would it's made of, put that. It's made of brass. On a, on a fire exit. A brass deadbolt. Good. Well done. Luckily, somebody dismantled that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to... Um, how, many, how many doors are in this room that lead out? Uh, like three. Okay. The one that leads towards the, uh, the front of the building. Um, so I, here's basically what I picture. If I'm standing at... at um, I almost called them backspace, backfires place. And I'm looking across the street at the building that I'm currently in. I was on the alley to the right. So That's this what side. I was picturing, yeah. So as I walk in. If you were to turn left, that leads me to the front right. of this building. So if there's a door on that wall, that's the door that Bannon is going to try to get through. Okay, it's open. All right, so he's going to slowly open up that door. You would, you would guess with your spatial awareness that this room is about maybe one quarter of the floor. Okay. Uh, this door that you open is another larger room. Uh, this one turns slightly to the left. I'm sorry, to the right. Right. Uh, with another door at the end. And still, I don't have access to the front of the building. Right. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and make my way to that door. Okay, that leads you to a staircase that goes up or down. And it seems like you're on the exterior wall. So I'm on the opposite end of the building. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to head down. Okay. You go down. You don't seem to notice anybody. Uh, you get to the ground floor or what you suspect is the ground floor, uh, and there is a fire exit in front of you, mm-hmm. alarmed, and right. a door to the right. I just kind of put my ear against the door to the right. Give me an awareness test. Difficulty two. I have two icons. Okay. Uh, You can hear at least the footsteps and the humming of one probably female. If you were to guess, probably a janitor kind of whistling to themselves or humming to themselves as they're mopping the floor. Okay. 
And you said the door leading out to the rear of this building is alarmed. Yes. So I'm going to listen until I hear the sound of her whistling start to move away from me. Okay. I can recognize that. Yeah. After a while, it seems like it, it, it does. All right. I'm going to slowly open up the door. Give me a stealth test. Difficulty one. Okay, I pass. I got. Uh, yeah, I got an icon and exalted. Okay, so you can shift that. So I would say that are you, you're trying to get outside. Is that? I'm trying to get outside, or I'm trying to see if maybe there's even something that goes a floor below. Nothing goes a floor below, so I'll let you get outside without incident. Okay, so I'm going outside. Okay, so you get out to the sidewalk to the front of the building, unnoticed somehow. <laughs> Is so. Uh, as I get out the front of the building, any there's no enforcers. And the door to his place is completely destroyed to uh, Backfire's place. Okay. That's where I'm headed. Okay. As we walk into Backfire's uh, room, or domicile, I will assume that you do it gingerly. Yes. Okay. Uh, give me a, an awareness test. Difficulty two. There's no lights on in here. Two icons. Okay. So you enter the main room. As you enter, uh, in front of you is a wall, probably about probably about 30 meters, 40 meters in front of you. Okay. There's a wall with a pick caster and a couch. To your left, as soon as you enter the door, is a wall, one door about five meters in front of you to the left and another door at the other end of the hallway near where the, the couch is on the left. There's also a, an opening directly in front of you and to the right is another door. There's no door on it. It's just an entryway that leads into what you can tell from kind of peeking around is a kitchen. To the left, the immediate left is a bathroom? Yep. Oh, I see. It's a to- Oh, okay. And then the bedroom on the far left and then the kitchen. Okay. And you said, I noticed one camera in here. No. Uh, it's a TV. Oh, a TV, rather. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. And the TV kind of faces the front door. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so I'm going to go in, and uh, I'm going to do a, a quick search. I want to make sure nobody else is in here. Okay. So let's start. I guess we'll go room by room, right? Like I picture you'll go up to a door and just either kind of slowly creak it open and put your ear up to it kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which one do you want to start with? I guess the bathroom on the left. Okay. So you put your ear up to the door? Yeah, the door's closed? Yeah. Oh, so I don't even know it's a bathroom. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll put my ear up to the door. Okay. Uh, give me an awareness test. Uh, difficulty one. I pass, but I have a complication. Okay. Uh, I'll take care of your complication. Wonderful. I know you will. Uh, are you going to go in? Uh, well, oh, what do uh, I hear? yeah, you don't hear anything. All right, so I swing the door open. Okay, it's a bathroom. Uh, on the right-hand wall is a sink. Uh, on the left-hand wall is a toilet. And in the middle of the room is like a freestanding shower. Okay. And nothing in here, you said? Right. Okay. All right, so I, uh, I step out of the bathroom. All right, when you turn around, Genevieve Parker and her two detectives Fuck. are standing before you with their guns drawn on you. Okay. Can I help you? 
I can't read. <laughs> I thought this was my house. Oh, uh, fuck. Fuck, there's no windows in this place. Fuck. Genevieve extends her hand. Hello, Bannon. Stop it. Just stop it. So I say Genevieve. Do you shake her hand? No, I'm not shaking her hand. She uh, she kind of smirks and puts her hand back to her side. You know, thanks to the uh, voice tracking cogitators, we were able to tell it was you who called based on voice samples taken from the bar. Uh, God damn it. We've been looking for you, as I'm sure you have noticed. Not for the reasons you would think, though. My superiors want to offer you a deal. This is very simple. You have two options. Where am I in relation to them? Right in front of them. There's, so there's three of them. She's standing there. So I'm at like the doorway of this bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So the only way out of this place is to go through them. Right. And both of them have las guns aimed at you. Okay. So she says you have two options. You can work with us. Or you can die here and nobody will care. Hmm. Either way, it doesn't bother me. But my superiors would prefer that you work with us. Didn't find our best here, huh? That was cute. How's Backfire doing? He's dead. You're not the only one who hates Wizard, Bannon. My superiors really, really do not like it. Well, I don't know what to do. Dude, part of me wants to get into a fucking fight with these two, but they have last pistols. I, as your friend, I will tell you that you will not survive. No, I know I'm not going to survive. <laughs> no, 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 I know. <laughs> part of me just wants to do something so ballsy right now, but it'd be so stupid. What are the vials of wizard made out of? Do you ask her that? No, no, no. Are you no. asking me? I, no, I'm asking you because I have you them. You don't in my, know. No, I, I would know. I have them in my pocket. Oh, the, like the actual vial itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glass. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to work. All right. What are your superiors looking for? My superior wants to eradicate wizard. Unfortunately, things have happened. We had to put Wizard on the back burner. We are prepared to help you with this endeavor. But we had to do a couple things first. Do you know what Wizard is made out of? Outside of this, would I have a general idea based no. on what I found in the mine? No. So I have no idea what those You know it's made are. of a couple different things. So I say specifically, no. Well, one of the ingredients is pothanium, which is actually native to this planet. There's a very large Pothanium mine that if we can disable and destroy will cripple the wizard distribution. I'm willing to go with you and help you do this. But again, that's going to have to go on the back burner for the moment. Before we talk any further, do you die or do you help us? Well, right now, I don't think death is an option. So we agree. We're partners partners we want the same thing 
Yeah, what is it that you want? You don't know what I want. You want to get off this planet. I know that. As soon as you murdered those narco gangers in that bar, we knew everything about you. Yeah, so you don't know shit about me. And as we're done, I pull my pipe out. <laughs> Fucking, I packed that bitch. Do you know why we're looking for Mr. Arbest? Honestly? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know who Arbest is. But apparently you want him so bad. I, I take it they don't have a constitution. They just Yeah, no, they're, they're not big on that. They don't work on it. <laughs> constitution does not apply. It's <laughs> it seems like this just worked out to both our advantage. I said because I have no idea who our best is, but I definitely knew who Backfire was. And it seems like you've taken care of a little problem of mine. Thank you. I light my pipe. How about this? As a show of goodwill, we'll go post haste and destroy this mine to cripple the wizard production but you make no sense so wizard is not your priority but you want to go to this mine and I need somebody who's going to be cooperative and my superior wants you but he's not willing to sacrifice our entire operation for it look obviously you know a lot about me and you understand that I'm opposed to this shit hitting the streets so I'm willing to do whatever it takes to take this shit down. But you're just, you're a walking contradiction, I tell this detective. You know, in one breath, you're telling me that wizard isn't a priority. But in the next sentence, you're telling me that you'll go with me to destroy production. So what is it really that you want? I'm done with my char light. <laughs> I'm fucking rocking a true light right now. I'm surprised we didn't break out the, the hourglass. <laughs> yeah, with this? Yeah, what, to, to count down my death? No, no, thank you. I'm very disappointed, though. I haven't really been able to use that this, this session. Here. This sector is out of control. Yes, we both agree on that. There are lots of irons in the fire. Who is, who is it that she's with, by the way? Her two... They're just like subordinates to her. Yeah. Okay. I was sent here to try and get control of this before things get out of hand. Wizard is not quite what you think it is. At least we don't think so. Okay. I don't have your trust yet, and I'm trying to establish it. Wizard is on the back burner for right now. But in order to gain your trust, I'm willing to make a concession and make this mine a priority. Bannon will look at the... Uh, at two officers that are with her and say well it's kind of hard to appreciate your trust with last pistols pointed at my face by all intents and purposes you appear to be a murdering psychopath forgive the security so what you're telling me is this is more of a forced partnership or my death for right now okay well again I, I think we had we have the same intentions she hot. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Okay. And again, she's wearing her her uh, white armor. Right. With the black cloak and the red lining. Where is this production center? It's about 200 kilometers east of this sector. I've never been out there, I would imagine. No. 
I, I would think the way that these high planets work is you, you're like a slave to your sector, right? You you more fucking, or less. you wake up, like you that work, chem you go mine home. Right. Was less than ten kilometers. You'd never been there. Okay, and that was like an excursion for me. I would think. Okay. All right, so that, that I would think maybe that piques his interest, like kind of raises his brow, you know, it repeats it two hundred kilometers, roughly. What's involved? From the schematics we received from the ship in suborbit, we've determined that it's a small mine, but it's deep. It seems like it should be simple. My supervisor has provided me with some harmonic substranium cogitators. They're on a timer. We drop them into the mine, and the mine implodes on itself, killing whatever worms may be crawling around in there. Mm-hmm. You have a ship in suborbit? We'll get to that. That totally piques my interest. Tell me about your ship. I'm Bannon is like fixated on the, the just the mere fact that she mentioned a ship. Let's take care of this mine, and then we'll talk about what we can do for each other. I'll say this: if you need one final piece to convince you, I joined this case because we believe Wizard is the beginning of a demonic incursion. I'm sorry, repeat that. We believe Wizard is the harbinger of a demonic incursion. She notices that your pipe takes an average number of relights. <laughs> it's very moist tobacco. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. All right. Um, I, I think her mention of demonic incursion kind of just stops me for a minute because obviously this is something that um, most people if not well maybe not all but like a high super high percentage of people who exist on this planet are just drones right they, they wake up they go to work they fucking do whatever they gotta do they come home it's not something that even like right. crosses their mind they know of it maybe they've heard right. of it they've seen it Um, yeah I I think that's gonna that's going to pique my interest. Um, so you mean to tell me I either die by last pistol in this bullshit cinder block apartment or building, or I have the opportunity to fight a demonic incursion from the warp? Those are the options. Die here or probably die later in a more glorious fashion. How big are their incisors? I ask her that. The the demons? Yes. Uh, Well, we're not. I don't think we're dealing with Crone. Oh, Crone, the Blood God. I think on this two hundred kilometer journey, you're going to have to fill me in on what all this means. So we have a deal. Yeah, we have a deal. She nods. Extends a hand again. All right. Against my better judgment, I, I extend the hand. You shake hands. The men lower their rifles. She turns around, and you see that she touches a, some kind of vox caster that's into her ear. And you hear her say something. Are you going to try and listen into what she says? Yeah, of course. I'm standing right next to her. <clears throat> uh, she takes like maybe a couple steps back, turns her head. Okay. Uh, does like, you know, one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, give me a, an awareness test. Difficulty two. 
this sucker's on board. I have two. Two icons. You hear her say, Inquisitor, it's me. He's in. Yes, sir. We're going to be diverted. Yes, sir. She walks back up to you. Do you need to sleep? Or do you want to get going? I'm going to... I probably have like a big kind of jubilant smile about me. But I'm going to pretend like I totally did not hear what... Okay. You know, what she just said. But I know what she said. And I think Bannon is just so excited by the word Inquisitor that um, he, he kind of has this smirk on his face that he just he cannot contain. But he's going to play it off like he doesn't even understand what the fuck is going on. Uh, do I need sleep, you say? Um, no, I don't, I, I, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It's going to be about a four-hour ride. Yeah, I could sleep on the way. Okay. And maybe we'll exchange notes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're off. Yeah, I go, oh, do I need these? Because now I'm like a child. And I, I pull out the vials <laughs> of wizard. You think I, you think I need these? Uh, maybe you can hand them to my associates and we'll dispose of them properly. All right, so I'll give them the, the <clears throat> two enforcers. Okay. You uh, walk out of the building and the Goliath truck pulls up. She opens the door for you and motions for you to get in. I just kind of mumble on my under my breath that like, man, this didn't go according to my plan. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of hesitate for a second. I want to, you know, just a quick kind of glance at this truck. She opens up the door and I'm looking inside. Like, what, what's inside this truck? There's other men, or it's just like no. a, uh, so it's just like a bench seat. Yeah, picture like a Humvee. Okay, larger, but yeah, right. All right, so I'll, uh, you know, I just kind of glance up at the buildings. I almost feel like this is going to be like the last time that I'm ever going to see this sector. I just kind of look around real quick and take it all in. I kind of chuckle to myself the fact that I just fucking swatted this asshole. And now he's dead. And um, I step inside. All right. Uh, give me an awareness test. Difficulty one. Uh, I have an exalted only on my wrath. All right. Uh, give yourself a point of glory. And as you get into the truck, as she's closing the door, you see her toss something into Backfire's apartment. She climbs into the truck, and she makes a little hand motion, and the truck starts rolling away. And when you get about half a block away, the entire building explodes. I guess my eyes light up. Oh, yeah. there's windows in this thing, obviously. Yeah, I yeah. can see out the window, and I see the explosion. Yep. I feel the concussion of the explosion. Yeah. So Bannon just kind of looks at her with this like just devious smile and asks, well, what was that? There was 500 kilograms of wizard in the back room. <laughs> uh, so, fun fact about wizard. Yes. Uh, she explains to you that explosions, concussion, will just cause the tanks to burst and explode. High heat. Hmm. Fire, setting fire to them, causes them to discharge gases. So that was my problem. I, I say that out loud. I'm sorry? I said that was my problem. Your problem? Yeah. Um, are you aware of the chem mines? About 10 miles, 10 kilometers west of here? She pulls out a data slate and starts furiously typing. Some uh, slug belly? You weren't aware? No. Apparently I'm not that high on your radar. 
So well, he's, yeah. a, he's, he's low level. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead? Yeah. I, I pull his tooth out of my pocket. Very good. Well, Throne Willing, you also took care of Ghost. No. Hmm. What do you know about Ghost? Not much. What I will do, out, out of character, I, I will share with her the, uh, the data slate and the information that I found on that. You know, the different shipments that were supposed to be going to these, uh, to these guys. She seems fairly unimpressed with the information on the data slate. Not so much like it was a bad job, but more like, nah, I already knew all this. Uh, and it's starting to dawn on you that <clears throat> somebody who's receiving 400 kilograms of wizard yeah, is low con- level. Yeah. That kind of sticks with you for a minute. Um, something on that data slate does catch her attention, and you see her pick up her personal slate and start transcribing some information. What is it? Are you going to ask her? Yeah, yeah, that's what I ask her. Uh, what do you know? Do you know anything else about the blood bones? No. It's not the first time I've seen that name. Apparently, they're running roughshod, uh, hired guns, maybe, for the mine that we're going to. Uh, we haven't gotten any really intel on them yet, but this isn't the first time I've come across this name. You haven't heard it other than this slate that you got here? No, this is the first time. And this was retrieved from Slugbelly. Correct. Wizard is made of three ingredients. We're going to take care of one of the native ingredients here. We know that the other ingredients are coming in off-world. We're assuming the blood bones are either manufacturing or transporting or just guarding these shipments. That's all we really know about them. Okay. When we finish with this mine, we will be heading out of this sector. Uh, we're going to be going to uh, Levinus 7 to deal with our best. So if there's anything you need from this sector, anyone you need to say goodbye to, I know we don't have any family. No, nah, you could blow it all the shit. All right. Well, let me take this moment then to officially conscript you to my service. I'm not a detective. For the enforcers. Yeah, I you figured it probably much. figured that. Uh, my name is Genevieve Parker. Uh, I am from the Order of the Sacred Rose of the Adeptus Sororitas. I work directly for the Imperial Inquisition. The Dark Imperium has been severed from the Emperor's light, but that doesn't mean we're not operating with extreme prejudice. She's, she's a battle sister? Yes. So I, I'll actually say that to her. I just kind of pause for a minute and just kind of cock my head and Bannon looks at her all almost side-eyed. It was like, you're a battle sister? Yeah, we're the military arm of the Ordo Hereticus. Above the planet is the inquisitorial black ship Starhammer. Aboard that ship is Inquisitor Grammarius Cantil. He's going to be meeting us after we finish with this mine to deal with our best. Who, who is in the uh, who's in this vehicle with us? The two lackeys. 
Uh, one of them is driving, and one of them is sitting shotgun with a mounted uh, cannon. Okay. So Bannon looks at her and looks over at those two guys and says, um, forgive me, sister. I lied to you earlier. I'm sorry? I lied to you earlier. I, I, I do have some additional information, but the present company, I really, I don't think I feel too comfortable. Oh, they're inquisitional acolytes. Oh. Thank God, dude. Thank God she said that because I was about to pull my gun out in this fucking thing and just shoot. <laughs> I was about to shoot the two of them. She hands you a holy symbol, as are you. I'm sorry, what is this? She hands you a faith seal that you can stick to yourself. So I kind of like glisten over and I look at it. I said, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. You're now a member of the Inquisition, but understand and I, please don't take any offense to this, uh, if you don't prove yourself to be useful or wholly devout to the cause, we will destroy you. But as of right now, you're one of us. And uh, just as a side note, the entire interaction you've had with her from the jump uh, has been very stoic. She is not really giving off any irritation. Very matter-of-fact. Right. Okay. Like, no sign of emotion. She's just Not really. very... Disinterested, almost. Okay. Like, borderline disinterested. Right, right, right. All right. So, I say, under, understood. Understood. I, I take it. Can I, I just put it in my pocket for now? Um, we believe Wizard is a harbinger for a demonic invasion, as I said. Uh, we believe Slanesh, the demonic god of pleasure, is behind it. There's a cult somewhere on this planet and probably others in this system that we are going to root out before we're done here. Because the Inquisition will not suffer heresy. They're attempting to rot the Imperium out from the inside out. Rot the Imperium out from the... Did you say something? (laughs) It's the whiskey, darling. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. So, once she mentions that they are uh, acolytes for the Inquisition, uh, Bannon will pull the Voxcaster out of his pocket and say about, however, what, 10, 12 hours ago, I received a transmission on this Voxcaster. Um, This Voxcaster was uh, retrieved from an old flat neighbor of mine who was once a good friend who I later found out was uh, was also dealing with Zard, Wilmer Solzar. You mm-hmm. may or may not heard yes, of him. His name him. appears on the on the data slate. Uh, he was in direct communication with Ghost. I may have gotten a little overzealous. And uh, he's now dead. Mr. Spayburn, you haven't been listening. The Inquisition will not suffer heresy. Oh, he was a heretic. We know, and we no longer suffer him. Praise be to the emperor. <laughs> I hand the uh, I hand the voxcaster over to her. I explained to her again how you know just a few hours ago a transmission came over 
and I just reiterate the information that I received uh, over that transmission. She uh, she transcribes the uh, the information to her personal data slate, uh, and she requests the Voxcaster. Yeah, yeah, I give it to her. Two night cycles, you say? That's correct. Well, we better make this trip quick. Yes. Quick death is one of my favorite types of death. I'm all about blowing up this mine. Okay, so we're going to the mine. Maybe yes. catch some Z's on the way. Maybe share a little bit of Inquisition history. Shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I think I'll try to pick a brain for as, as much as she's open to like receiving questions, like where she's from, shit like that. So she pretty much just describes that uh, she doesn't talk about herself, uh, but you get the feeling that she has probably seen her fair share of action and probably, if you had to guess, has quite the body count. Okay. Uh, she explains that her ordo that she works with, uh, with this Inquisition, is dedicated to rooting out heresy within the Imperium of Man. So there's the Ordo Malleus that takes care of demons, and then there's the Ordo Xenos that takes care of alien threats. Right. This one is it's the newest of the Ordos, although it's still extremely old. It's the newest of the three, and it's the most feared, because this is the classic, what people think of with the Inquisition of an Inquisitor landing and will murder anybody and everybody that they deem to be heretics for any reason. Right. And with a scrying eye, nobody is above reproach. Um, you get the feeling that even your little contact high with the wizard would be enough to have them kill you. Right. Okay. Um, a little bit of history about the Forge Worlds and the Adeptus Mechanicus and things of that nature. Uh, she mentions that the Inquisitorial Black Ship is damaged and there's a couple of things they're going to have to retrieve uh, possibly from the moon of this planet before the ship can actually successfully enter the warp. Um, but those are stories for down the road. Okay. So we're going to the mine? No detours? No, I have no place to go. We'll go to the mine. Is the bathroom on the way to the mine? Let me check the yeah, map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Excellent. Oh, my God. My... All right. So we are... Traveling along. Yes. Um, are you going to sleep, you think? Or is it really you're just so excited and you're bullshitting with uh, Genevieve? Um, I guess Bannon would try to sleep. Um, the adrenaline kicking in of yeah. the fact that he's meeting a battle sister is, is I'm sure, going to wear off. And, he, you know, he's going to get tired, obviously. Um, so... He'll try to sleep as much as he can, considering it's only, what, a four-hour? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, four or five hours. Yeah, probably try to catch a nap and then um, just be rested because who knows what the fuck he's going to you know, encounter at this mine. He'll save questions for her if he has any, you know, for a later time. I think he's more... Bannon is a little more introspective in how the plan <laughs> that he tried to fucking pull off was foiled by this chick but kind of understands that you know with her not being a typical detective like he can 
appreciate the fact that if anybody was going to catch him in doing what he was doing, it was going to be somebody, you know, with the stature of her. Right. Okay. Uh, so we're we're closing in on the mine. Uh, we're about maybe ten minutes outside the mine. Okay. Give me an awareness test. Difficulty one. Yeah, I pass. Okay. Uh, I would imagine if you're not already awake, she kind of wakes you up. She shakes you a little bit. Uh, we're 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 closing in. ETA is ten minutes, and you hear a crackling noise as a rocket fires toward the truck and explodes just next to it. It goes up on two wheels for a moment, lands back on four wheels. Uh, the driver and the guy riding shotgun are losing their shit, and the guy in shotgun starts hanging out of the window with his rifle, trying to get a bead on who just fired that. There's uh, the top of this truck is an open top, uh, and there's plenty of room to move around. It really it holds ten passengers, but it's just the two of you in the right. back. So it has a heavy stubber and twin auto cannons. Uh, so she is going to man the heavy stubber. You're going to grab the twin auto cannons. Sounds good. And now you're scanning for enemies. Since I was sleeping, I have no idea where the the shot came from. Uh, yeah, I picture that you were probably woken up just prior to this happening. Okay. But you're still kind of disoriented from the whole thing. And on the horizon, you hear a very loud rumbling engine. And there's some kind of iron patchwork vehicle coming toward you. Kind of rusty, wobbly, uh, very jagged and pointed looking. Okay. And smack on the front of this vehicle is this very bizarre skull shape with an open mouth and crossbones, like crossed Mm. bones behind it. Uh, It's got like a black and white checkered design painted very shittily on the side of it. Mm. Uh, And it's corroded and nasty. Give me an awareness test. Difficulty two. I pass that too. As you aim the gun toward this thing, over the sound of this this, this truck, you hear an orc truck Okay. Is screaming towards your location. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Roll an attack. Regular attack. Like through my ballistic skill? Yes. You are looking. Uh, defense is a three. I have three icons. Okay. The damage of this twin autocannon is 16 plus two extra damage. Minus one AP. Uh, so 17. That's some serious fucking damage. Alright, so the truck takes three damage. Genevieve fires at the truck uh, and misses. The truck fires at you and hits. Does no damage. A couple of the rounds bounce off the truck. Give me an awareness test. I have two icons and a complication. <laughs> uh, at this time, you notice that there's more orcs on the ground 
and that's where the rockets are being fired from. What's your complication? I guess I kind of lose track of what the truck is doing. And now I'm focused on these these ground troops over there. Because I'm just blown away by the fact that this fucking orcs. Okay. Like, I wasn't expecting orcs. Uh, give me a fear test. The fuck is that? Resolve. Roll your resolve. Uh, difficulty of two. With wrath, correct? Yeah. I fail. Okay. You're going to suffer a plus one difficulty when attacking until the end of the encounter. Are you going to target the orcs on the ground or... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go after the orcs on the ground. Okay, so let's roll just a flat ballistic skill test with a difficulty of three. That's including the plus one. Okay. Alright, so you mow a bunch of them down. Genevieve fires again on the truck, uh, and the truck loses a couple pieces. And more orcs come out along the side. Now the guy sitting shotgun is firing. Genevieve is firing, you're firing, the truck is firing. And... A well-placed missile, Mm -hmm. uh, a rocket, slams into the front of the truck. Their truck. Your truck. The The Goliath truck. The orc truck. Your truck. We're not driving an orc truck. Right, you're driving a Goliath truck. Right. You no longer are driving a Goliath truck because the engine compartment explodes and sends you and Genevieve flying to the mushy, marshy ground. Oh, shit. About eight kilometers outside of the mine. Eight kilometers. I figure you're about yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten minutes away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And now they're charging us. So now we're we're like I'm prone on the ground. Yeah. Take uh. Take two shock. Okay. The truck kind of rolls by and sees the smoldering ruins of your Goliath truck. And you can kind of hear in guttural language a celebration, and the truck rolls away, while a cleanup crew of orcs start kind of picking through the smoldering wreckage. You got ejected a good 10, 15 meters uh, into the sludge, so they probably don't even see you. Who who remains in the truck? The two acolytes? Yeah, they're dead. So now it's just me and And Jeff. That's it. Uh, Genevieve gingerly kind of goes to a squatting position. There's four orcs kind of picking through the wreckage of this Goliath truck. Okay. So I look over at her. She's smiling. She's smiling. I like this girl. I like her a lot. I pull my bolt gun out. Okay. They are about, like I said, you're about 10-15 meters away. Yeah, they're gonna get fucking smoked. Who's up, by the way? Uh, you are. We'll consider this a new round of combat. A new, a new, uh, a new encounter. We'll consider this a new encounter. So we were disengaged from combat after yeah. the uh, the explosion yeah. of the uh, Goliath. They will be, for the purposes of mechanics, they'll be considered a mob. They are a mob. 
All right, so I'm going to aim into the mob. Okay. You're looking for a defense of three, uh, but you suffered a fear failure, so it's going to be a defense of four. Okay. Hey, big shooter, that is newbies. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that you're hearing right now. Bear with me. You have the book on you? What does, um, like, what can I use reloads for? Like, salvo? Mm hmm. And what does that do again? I believe it's plus extra dice to damage, but let me just double check. You may spend one reload to gain a number of bonus dice to your attack roll equal to the weapon's salvo value. Okay. So I can aim and also use a reload. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. My ballistic skill plus my agility is a seven. Plus, I'm going to aim. That gives me plus one. And then I'm going to use a reload to salvo. So I'll give you two more. And you said I need fours? I need uh, a four, rather. Yeah. And there's four of these guys. Yeah. So four, and then it's plus three for each additional one. So I only hit one. I have six. Right. All right. Let's see if... Uh... So you would hit one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the one orc goes down. Okay. The other three orcs spin around. And give me an awareness test. Difficulty two. So I pass it, but I have a complication. Okay. You notice that the orc truck hears the gunfire and starts making a U-turn. And we're in mud. Yeah. So I would say the complication is I'm fucking totally stuck in this mud. Okay. So, so I we'll, we'll, we'll half your movement speed. Okay. But again, I, I can't move anyway, at least this turn, because I used aim. Okay. Uh, we're going to split the mob from the three. Ah, uh, no, we'll keep it together. Uh, the orc is going to attack with its slugger. How does, um... Oh, hold on one second. Alright, I'm going to spend this glory that I have to seize the initiative. Okay. I have two glory, by the way. Yes, now I'm down to one. Um... And there's still a mob, you say? Yeah. And I'm still... I'm. I have plus one to my DN until the end of this combat interaction. Okay, two, four, six, seven, and then I get plus one because I'm going to aim again. You son of a bitch. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I need threes. Yeah. All right, so I have uh, two icons and one exalted. So that's four. Okay. Orc number two goes down. Now we're going to split the mob. Okay. There's only two left. Right, right, right. Uh, Genevieve is going to take one of them out during this uh, combat interaction, leaving one orc, and we're going to change plans, and the last remaining orc is going to display a stick bomb. <laughs> okay, good. Why not? Oh, shit. A lot of dice. 
Um, so the stick bomb is not going to land directly next to you, uh, but I got a point of ruin. So the explosion is going to go off, mm-hmm. and what I would like you to do uh, the explosion is going to be close enough to where it, it's going to affect you. It's not necessarily going to hit your wounds at all, um, but I would like you to roll a single d6. Four. Okay. So when the blast goes off, a chunk of rock sails through the air and gives you a memorable injury of a broken jaw. Oh, shit. So you are, like, blinded by pain. Uh, you go down, and Genevieve is going to terminate that final orc, grab you, and throw you into the mud before the orc truck gets to you. Okay. The orc truck does not see you. So they do a little bit of investigating. You're doing your best not to scream out in pain. I'm drowning myself in the mud. (laughs) Why not? And after several moments, the truck finally rolls away. And now it's about eight kilometers of swamp between you and this mine. Good, good. With a broken jaw. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, I have nothing to say because I can't say anything. Broken jaw. Uh, so Genevieve uh, will use some of her Medicaid talents, and uh, it's not going to be pretty. Mm. But uh, take one more shock, and take one wound, and she's going to slam your jaw into place. Oh. And remember those old in the cartoons, <laughs> the thing that ties around your head from the dentist? Yes, it yes. wraps around your jaw and ties it's, to the top of your head. She kind of makes. Yeah, she kind of makes one of those with the sleeve of, uh, or a piece of her cloak. I'm wearing a bonnet. Yeah. Uh, she gives you some medication to, to, uh, to dull the pain. Okay. And, dude, I can't imagine the fucking pain right now. With a stoic look, she nods, stands up, and starts marching toward the mine. How far are the orcs from me? The dead orcs? Mm-hmm. Like 10 meters, 5 meters. All right, I walk up to one of them. Okay. I know what you're going to do. I yank an incisor out of its fucking head. You know, if you keep doing this, you might be all right in the orc society because that is their currency. They love trading in teeth. <laughs> They'll worship me. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm taking one of their teeth. Okay. Good. Um, and then I follow her. I'm going to let you recharge your reloads. Oh. Uh, I assume that, you know, you find some ammunition that you can use, whether from the truck uh, the Goliath truck, or from these guys. Thank you. And uh, we are going to proceed toward the mine. Yes. I would say it takes probably about an hour and a half, two mm. hours. Yeah, I would think like sludging through the mud. Yeah. Um, okay. You get about halfway there. Uh, the the sun starts kind of going down. Uh, and Genevieve poses the question, do we want to set up camp for the night, or do we want to press on? <clears throat> well, I, I I don't think it's in our best interest to set up camp in, like, traditional camp, like fire camp. Uh, no. Like, I, I, mean, I think I can, I can make it through the night. Okay. All right. 
So we're going to continue on. Yeah, I would um, think that their vehicle, whatever the fuck that thing was, is going to be making its rounds. And I don't know if we want to be caught in a in a campsite. Right. All right. So uh, we are pretty deep into the night cycle um, with some luck and a little bit of stealth with uh, Genevieve at the lead. You make your way through any of the orc patrols that you may have come across. Uh and you find yourself at the shaft of this mine, and it, it it's some kind of elevator platform and a shaft that just goes straight down. Uh, she opens up a hip pack, and she pulls out this surprisingly small device uh, and inputs something on the rune board of this device and looks at you and says, are you ready to end the wizard trade? That easily? Let's do it. She hands you the device. And nods toward the shaft. All right, so I look at the device. I'm assuming I just have to throw this down the shaft. Yeah. Heave ho. All right, so you drop the device down the shaft. And as you drop it, when you turn around, you see you see Genevieve already running. <laughs> Give me an athletics yeah, test. Thanks, thanks for uh, the warning, sweetheart. Difficulty one. Oh, no. I make it. Yeah, yeah, I have one icon. With a tremendous eruption, the size of an eruption that the the swampy soil starts caving in on itself, probably about 50 meters in a circle around the shaft, the entire thing caves in on itself. After a few moments uh, of calm, you see Genevieve radioing on somebody with her box caster in her ear, and within an hour or so... uh, there is a flying ship, small, there to pick you up. And they start bringing you to your next mission. Uh, you climb onto the ship, and you start heading towards uh, Lovinus 7. You can either stay awake and talk to her and figure out what exactly just happened and what's going on, or you can take this opportunity to sleep and refill your shock and wounds. I I, want to sleep, but I just quickly look to her and ask her. I say, what the fuck was that thing? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me... What the fuck was that thing? Oh, a gift from the Emperor. With a wink. It's... Yeah, it's time to rest. Uh, That device, for your records was a harmonic substratium cogitator. That's pretty fucking nasty. Alright, welcome back. This guy, I think, has trust issues. I think he has... Just issues. issues. In general. Yeah. All around. Just all-encompassing issues. Top to bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, another great gameplay session. It was it was intense. Uh, yeah. It went from being intense to kind of a lull, and then intense again out of nowhere. Which is good. Expect the unexpected, right? Yes. Um, and again, I... I you know, I'm learning that, like, you know, campaigns aren't just action 100% of the time. You know, there's a lot of, uh, and I don't even want to call it filler. Like, it's necessary shit that has to happen in order to advance the campaign, you know? 
So it's just a little bit of a lull to get you to the next right. peak in the in, in the action in the campaign. Uh, so you had to make several rolls uh, in order to hide from the enforcers. They remove uh, backfire. Swatting complete. Yes. So the session picks up with you trying to get to his house, <clears throat> I guess, to investigate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you sneak down this this large building, and what's funny is listening back, uh, you and I had, and somehow it still worked, you and I had our orientations of the building backwards. So if you were looking at, if you're on the street looking at uh, Backfire's house and then turned around to look across the street, I was envisioning the building on the left. You were envisioning, because you said so, the building on the right, and right. I missed that. And it wasn't until you started making your way through the floors of the building when I realized that I had my orientation backwards from you and I had to, theater of the mind, improvise. Oh, wait, which way would this be facing? It completely fucked me up. <coughs> but it worked uh, in the long run. Yeah. Like, ultimately, we got to where we needed to get to right. with the little improv. Uh, so we get down to the street and you go into uh, Backfire's house. Very modest home. Uh, it's uh, basically a living room with a bathroom and a bedroom to the left and a kitchen to the right. And, of course, on your very first roll of that session, or I guess any roll of consequence, checking the house, uh, you succeeded with, of course, a complication. Of course. Uh, and that complication was you being ambushed by Detective Genevieve Parker. So so, uh, the hottest girl. I don't know what it is. Hottest girl that's ever lived. I'm in love. I don't trust her initially. No, but she does have long hair. That much we know for sure. And that's all really I need. Yeah. That's that, all anyone needs. And a little sprinkling of Inquisitor language. <laughs> so we go through this very, I don't know if I want to call it bizarre. Uh, you... She pretty much comes right out and says, we know who you are. We've known who you were. Um, and of course, it's the 41st millennium. Of course they knew who you were. And I think you kind of took false hope. In reality, I think you took false hope in thinking that they did not know who you were because they weren't naming you. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that I truly believe that there was no way that they were going to be able to figure out who I was, which was a colossal misstep on my part. Right. Yeah. Thanks to the technologies of voice recognition and facial recognition, everything, yeah. every recognition you right. can think of, they have, <laughs> you know, they just weren't releasing it. Right. Uh, so she tells you that her and her superior uh, have the same goals as you, and that's to eliminate this wizard shit. And I think initially in this conversation, like I am thinking I am on my own. So how the fuck do I kill her? Right. Because she's also flanked by two other enforcers. Right. And that's going to be a little tough because with the uh, the quick reaction on her part or any of these enforcers' part, like it, we're going to be swarmed with more enforcers, which is going to make it very difficult considering we're in a building with only one way in and one way out. Right. Now, and, and you mentioned something to that effect. I want to explore this for a second because you, you make mention of the, the glass vials of wizard. Uh, I believe you asked me if the vials were made of glass. I said yes. Right, right. You got quiet for a moment, and then you said, oh, there's no windows in here. Never mind. Do uh, you remember? Because it, yeah, it was a few weeks ago now. I, I, I think the plan 
in my head, like what I was concocting was, look, if I'd gotten fucked up from the explosion of the mine where it made me think that these three hobos were hot chicks, if I took the vials that I had, you know, glommed from this cave and fucking threw them down on the ground, being that they were made of glass, that they would crack and I could try to make an escape, that they would be overtaken maybe right, by the high, high of the wizard and would allow me time to get out before they can communicate with anybody and I would be in the clear. But then I realized two things. Number one, yeah, we're in a building with no windows, so there is zero ventilation. So if it's going to affect them, it's most likely going to affect me. So I'm really not going to get that far and probably make things much worse for myself. And two, uh, yeah, like seven vials is not the equivalent of an entire cave right. full of this shit <laughs> right. blowing up to get me high. Right. So... Um, yeah, that plan kind of went into my back pocket. So I, I got the distinct feeling that you did not trust her. And I was probably planning on waiting another session before dropping the, the truth bomb that she was working with the Inquisition. Uh, but I, I felt that the conversation was going nowhere and that if I was going to compel you into service, you were just going to kill her at the first moment you could. Right. I'm sure that I, I don't want to assume anything, but based on Bannon's previous well, exploits, th- no, I think <laughs> I think you're right, and I think honestly, um, the fact that like now I know that I'm in the media, and she's the one leading the charge. Yeah, uh, initially in his brain, he's like, "Yeah, this bitch has to die." Right, she's got to die. You, uh, for mechanical purposes, the character that you chose was an inquisitional acolyte. Correct. And I wanted to make you officially part of that rank as soon as possible, as right. as long as you know the story was served. Um, and really, it, it, again, based on player decision, it could have been who knows how long. But you decided to get the police involved, and such a heavy glass. It's fucking crazy! You can kill somebody with this thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you decided to get the police involved, and I saw a perfect opportunity for you to meet. Genevieve Parker, who finally I, I divulge that she is not a detective uh, for the local enforcers. She is, in fact, a battle sister of the Order of the Sacred Rose. Uh, now, in the in the mythology of the 41st millennium, these are the battle sisters that are most often conscripted into service by inquisitors. Right. Um, so it fit. And lo and behold, she mentions that she's working with the Inquisition and like a light switch, Bannon all of a sudden. Well, now now he wants it. to be friends. <laughs> let's do this. He went from "I'm gonna fucking kill you and rip your uterus out and sew it to the guy next to you" to, yeah, let let let's be friends. I want to see who you know, you know. So, as an offer of goodwill, uh, she mentions that she's aware of a mine, uh, a natural mine in the area, that is producing a. A, a substance that is a base ingredient of wizard, and she's willing to destroy this this mine as a show of goodwill. So she's placating me, right? How nice of her. Uh, it's important to mention. I think it happened in the previous session. We forgot to talk about it. Um, Ghost got in touch with you, right? Thinking that you were your old buddy Sulzer from the Habstack, uh, setting up a drop off of distribution of drugs. So it turns out that Sulzer not only was a, a dealer uh, betraying you, but was also the primary 
middleman between Ghost, who is the primary kingpin, to all the other distributors. Uh, you give that information readily to to uh, Genevieve Parker as you continue on your on your way. Uh, she then reveals that the reason she's there is the Inquisitor himself, who has not yet shown himself, uh, is concerned about the wizard, which is why she started seeking you out, because she put together that you were hunting these drug addicts, and they fear that wizard is going to be a harbinger of a demonic invasion. It's a gateway drug. Right. Uh, so this campaign, I'm not nearly as familiar with the mythos of Warhammer as I am D and D. Uh, so this campaign I have in this campaign, I have kind of where I want to end up. Um, and it's important to note mechanically that we have different tiers. So I know where we want to end up for tier one and I know where we want to end up for tier five. It's everything in the middle that I ugh, I got to work towards actually figuring out how to put together. I know that tier one is going to resolve itself with this whole wizard situation, <clears throat> but as far as demons being involved, do you think that that's hyperbole or do you think that that's a legit threat? I, I think if you take a look at you know the just the Warhammer 40k world demonic incursion is a direct threat. It, I mean, we're on the outside of the warp, correct? From terror, we're right. on the other side, we're in this... Okay, so I think it's safe to say that it is a direct threat no matter where you are. So I don't think it's necessarily hyperbole. Um, you know, the fact that the drugs involved... I, I just think it's a neat tie-in to like the local kind of community of this hive planet and then allow that to kind of expand into this larger campaign. So I don't think it's hyperbole. I think it's, you know, I think it directly is, Woo. that's a demonic incursion there. <laughs> They're coming into the, the west bank of the of the grounds here. What the fuck? All right. Um, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily hyperbole. Um, I, I think it works with the campaign. Um, and again, that that's really on you, how you develop this, uh, like the Inquisitor, like what, what type of inquisitor this guy's going to be and how it's going to lead me down whichever path but um yeah I don't know really how to answer that question well on the way to the mine we are suddenly and viciously attacked by my favorite race in what? all of tabletop gaming what's their war cry Wah! My, the orcs from Warhammer 40k are my favorite. Uh, I have probably close to a hundred point army uh, for the actual war game for uh, 40k of of orcs. I love them, and uh, they launch an assault on you as you are en route to this this mine. Uh, they will never be brought up again. So it, it doesn't harm anything in putting together the dots. Uh, people who are heavy into Warhammer probably were able to put them together. But let's talk about the Blood Bones, the Freebooters, and these orcs. Freebooters are orcs without a clan. 
and they're known as pirates. Uh, I gave the hint that their trucks and their armor were emblazoned with an orc's orc face, that, that, that rigid orc face from 40K, with a crossbones behind it. So they are actually freebooters, which were mentioned in your data slate. The freebooters in question, their gang name are the Bloodbones. And the Bloodbones are who were guarding this, uh, this mine. That information could have been extrapolated had you explored the, the Bloodbones references in the data slate. You didn't. They're only guarding this mine, so the, they don't really have any other play as of right now in this campaign. So we have the Bloodbones gang of Freebooter orcs attacking you on your way to this mine. And they start launching rockets at the, uh, the Goliath truck that you're in. Uh, you suffer a memorable injury. Yes. Now, as a GM, I kind of forced the memorable injury onto you because in order for you to rank up, one of the prerequisites is to having a memorable injury. Right, right, right. And the combat was going in such a way that I didn't think that was going to happen naturally, so I made a call in the background to force one onto you. Uh, and I think it made sense. You get launched, a, a rocket launched at you. You fly out of a truck. You're probably not going to walk away scot-free. Right. Uh, so I had you roll, and you rolled the most obnoxious injury possible. Nothing cool. I, I was behind the screen. I was kind of hoping for a severed hand or something mm. like that so I could, I could speed boost getting you augmentations. That didn't happen. Right. You ended up with... The cuntiest of injuries, <laughs> the broken jaw. <laughs> and I expressed my displeasure by giving you that goofy little wrap around your head like the cartoon characters Yes, wear. with a bow yeah. tied on top. <laughs> and from that point forward, I probably should have spoken with like a lisp. Lisp. I had a friend with a broken jaw. He, really? uh, yeah, he got his jaw broken during a horseshoe competition. We were throwing horseshoes. and uh, Yeah, you're going to have to explain this one. So you're throwing horseshoes. And yep. he breaks his jaw. Did he get hit in the face yeah. with a horseshoe? Yeah. Somebody threw a fucking horseshoe at his face. Yep. At at terminal velocity. <laughs> All right. So two questions. Yes. Um, I was not the one who threw it. Okay. All right. So so then I had three questions. So now back down to two. Um, why would the person throwing the horseshoe throw it hard enough to not hit the ring? Uh, alcohol. Okay. All right. That, that's a the bar that was near my house had horseshoe pits in the back, and every I want to say like every Tuesday or Wednesday, like a slower night, they would do mm-hmm. horseshoe competitions the same night as wing night. So they would do ten cent wings, okay, uh, and like happy hour drinks, like half off beer, you know, whatever the fuck. Uh, and then they would also host this horseshoe competition, and these good old boys would get all turned up, as the kids say. Good, and my. Buddy caught a horseshoe in the jaw. Right to the fucking face. Yeah. So I would imagine the reason for question two is also the reason for question three. Why didn't he see a fucking horseshoe coming at his face? He was probably... I wasn't there for it. Um, I was there drunk. I was there for the aftermath. Yeah, everyone was drinking. They were probably, you know, 200 wings deep. Because like when we would go to wing night, we would get like one or 200 wings, Mm. you know, and split the pot between everybody. Uh, so he probably was bullshitting with somebody. It caught him in the side. I forget which side, but 
just fractured his jaw. Yeah, I wired got the, shut. Right. I woke up that morning to a couple of missed phone calls, um, and when I went to go visit him, his jaw was already wired shut, mm. and he had to drink his food for, I think, a, I think a month. Yeah, that's awesome. And when I hear drinking food, I, my mind immediately goes to, oh, you're drinking milkshakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's like, oh, can you go in the fridge? Yeah, what do you need, buddy? I need my sugar pot pie. <laughs> so I open the fridge and I'm looking. At, hey, there's no chicken pot pie in here. Yeah, it's in the it's it's in the pitcher. It's in the pitcher. Yeah, it's in the pitcher. It, oh, so a chicken pot pie would be made. He bought the frozen chicken pot pie you get at like the supermarket. Dumped it in the microwave. Baked it. Yep. Threw it in the oven. Or w- however, yeah. Whichever way. And then took it and threw it in a fucking blender. Yes. Blended it. Yes. <laughs> through a straw. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Because I, I did try it. I had to. Was it good? I would think it's like a puree. It'd be all right. Would you assume the taste profile of a solid chicken pot pie would differ from a blended chicken pot pie? Well, instinctively, I would say yes, but yeah, I would... It sure does. Yeah. I almost threw up. Now... No, come on. Really? Pot pies are probably I in love... my top five favorite foods. Yes. Uh, yeah, dude, I almost threw up. A turkey pot pie or a chicken pot pie, whatever it was, blended. And we heated it up and I took a big gulp and I, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I'm starting to get sick. <laughs> That's horrible. So we know what Bannon's going to go through for the next month. He's got a wired jaw. Even though just like Harrison Bullet with his damaged eye. Fucking eyeball. I never reference it again. Because <laughs> I just don't know what to do with that. Um, but uh, well, how did you feel with your first fight with orcs? Because we threw in vehicle combat. We threw yes. in uh, grenade combat. Uh, and a memorable injury. Uh, there's something about orcs that I'm attracted to. Uh, I I don't know if it's like they're like carefree, like we throw caution to the wind. We're just fucking steamrolling towards you. We don't give a fuck. Um, it, it, maybe I like orcs because their currency is teeth, right? And I enjoy taking teeth of my you know victims. Uh, I have no idea, but yeah, th- no, that whole interaction I thought was pretty cool. Um. Yeah, vehicle combat. That was the first time that we really encountered any any sort of vehicle combat. And I like the idea that, you know, now we've introduced like this new race onto the planet. Uh it's not just humans that are complete fuck ups and degenerates. Like now you have this this orc race that's guarding this mine and to what end? You know, like where does that take us to uh down the road in this campaign? That tells me that eventually we're gonna encounter more orcs because if they're here protecting this mine for this component of wizard there's something out there that's leading them to to work in conjunction with somebody here um, that, again, we're going to have to deal with uh, down the road. So uh, after the battle with the orcs, uh, you make your way to the the Pothanium mine. That's a chemical that I created uh, to be a main ingredient of this wizard. Right. And... <clears throat> Uh, I had always planned on this ending of this particular mission. Uh, I never planned on having to go into the mine to fight. 
I kind of wanted to show off the technological prowess of the Inquisitor uh, because you end up throwing in a device that basically implodes the entire mine without ever having to step foot in it. It's a little handheld device. Uh, and I used my brain powers to come up with the device, which is called the Harmonic Substratium Cogitator. Mm. Lots of fucking weird words I just mushed together and then threw on Cogitator to make it fit. By far, one of my favorite Warhammer words. Cogitator. Yeah. It's, my, it, yeah. it's up there. Cogitator. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, it's up there. I mean, you're not a big fan of the pick casters and the... No, I don't like Pitcaster. The Voxcaster. No, fuck the... that. That got me into trouble. Cogitator? <laughs> big fan. Uh, and we end up blowing the mine. Yeah. And now, presumably, we are on our way to Lavinius uh, 7. Yes. To uh, to go deal with some other Inquisitor business. Do we make it there? One will... I mean, I would assume, right? I guess we'll find out in the next episode. So how do you feel like that gameplay session went? Yeah, it was cool. It was good. Um, I think there's a nice flow, you know, between the sessions, which is which is nice. The next session is where I think the, the fun starts to... <laughs> we go off the rails a yeah, little yeah. bit. Shit gets a little crazy. So, All right. Uh, well, uh, two... Kepsup. Fucking individual ketchup packets. Don't ever let me see one again, unless they're on toilets. That's right. Uh, two broken jaws. Look, memorable injuries. They must exist to forward the campaign. For some, for reasons. Yeah, for reasons unbeknownst. Uh, to the orcs. Oh, one of my favorite races in Warhammer. Wah! <laughs> Oh, shit. Two dice. And pipes. <laughs>